Welcome to Good Looking Out, episode 59, a podcast about what to eat, watch, read, and listen to. I'm Eric. I'm Jason. Santos. What is up, brother? What's up? Nothing, man. It's it's been a minute. It has been a minute, yeah. I I think you've been... You've been to Mexico once again since I've seen since we've talked last. Um, is that right? Yeah. Did we talk after I went on vacation? Yeah. Yeah. Which I I'm actually going to Sayulita not next week but the week after. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 You did. You, well, let's talk about that map later. I get that thing's yeah. fucking dialed, man. You know, I got I got all the shit on there. Okay. All the fucking I got everything on there. So. Yeah, anybody who hasn't been there, I think I, yeah, we must have talked about it last time, because I'm in love with that place, Sayulita. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, And then, yeah, I went back to, uh, I was in um, Tlaxcala, which is, um, which is three hours east of Mexico City, um, in Huamantla, which is a very small town. Um, So I was out there shooting a film for couple weeks it was awesome it's fucking nice. killer yeah so good so tell us a little bit about what you were shooting yeah so um this band the tiger lilies um they along with peter bierman who is a pretty well-known uh theater writer and mark holtusen who's a friend of yours and i um they have all written a narco corrido musical in with a kind of Shakespearean sort of um, uh, structure, and um, they all got any, together. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know and didn't watch, uh, didn't pick this up when they watched Breaking Bad, a narco corrido is sort of like a ballad celebrating the cartels and the sort of drug trade. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah, a corrido is um, basically when um, when um, it's basically it's a Mexican storytelling tradition. A corrido is a song that tells a story. It has a five part structure, um, and um, yeah. So they've written this musical, and they all got together in this ancient hacienda to work on it together. So I shot a documentary on. The um, them making it, and then um, it's turning out now that I'm editing it that uh, it's going to be more kind of portraits of artists and hmm. how people have made their lives as artists, hmm. um, which is a little more interesting than a bunch of old yeah. dudes hanging around in that fucking Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> Mexican hacienda. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, shooting put like puppets and a bunch of janky ass shit. It's, you know, it was so it was so great though. I mean, Mexico is I fucking love Mexico. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So it's yep. not quite not quite Mexico, but I ju- did just get back from South by Southwest. That's Going right. Down there to see the film festival. Saw our good friend Jonathan Ignatius Greens. Uh, movie social animals i got to see it twice i got to see the world premiere and then the the premiere in a big slightly bigger theater that but a sort of newer theater um the, the next day so oh very cool very cool you know what's too bad um is i, I want to hear about south by but um we can't talk about the film because i haven't seen it yet mm. um and they're gonna do an la view um screening Nice. Like a, f- a friends and family screening at some point here. Um, cool. 
But yeah, I've I've stayed on a you know a media fast concerning the film because um, I want to come in fresh. And it's been so long now since I've been making the thing that at this point I can't I can't have any spoilers. Yeah, you're you're mentioned in the credits actually. Yes. Yeah, you get a call out in the credits. Oh, fucking nice. I get no respect, but you you get a call out. In the oh, credits. that's some but bullshit. I, I know I know you helped him um, run down some potential music tracks. I don't think they ended up using anything that you picked, but. Uh, no, they didn't. They have because they're a bunch of fucking fools. They don't know what they're talking about down there. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, it was yeah, it was you know, it was he was. I think as anybody who's made an independent film before knows, like it's even if you've been making it for five years, it, once those last weeks start ticking down, it's a fucking scramble to get shit sure. in place and get licensing yeah, yeah. sorted, and so. Yeah, I mean, I was I did what the yeah. hell I could. Yeah, it sounds like they tried to license a couple of the tracks that you had picked out, but it just didn't work out in the time frame. Or, oh, really? You know, whatever. Anyway, so yeah, South by Southwest, that was my first time going down. Um, I found myself, every time I got in an Uber, and the Uber driver would could obviously tell, like, you know, because of where I was being picked up or whatever, that I was down there for South by Southwest, and I found myself making sure that every Uber driver knew that I was there for the film part, not the interactive part, because the interactive part is so douchey. Yeah. It's just, oh my God. Right. So, so stupid. Famously douchey. Yeah. At least the part that I could see outside, like the interactive experiences and stuff like that, like Google recreate or HBO recreating the Silicon Valley house, like in a house and just like, Oh God, stupid shit like that. So, um, so what I did, I flew in, I went straight from the plane to La Barbecue, which is this um, a place the daughters of like um, one of the famous barbecue families in Austin like broke off and started their own sort of like newer place it's called La Barbecue, and I had just like I just got a plate piled full of every kind of meat that they had. Sure. So I got sausage with jalapeno. I got the brisket. When you walk up, they give you a little chunk of the brisket to sample since that's their like specialty. And man. So good. Really? So I went, uh, the the wait in line was maybe about 25 minutes, which wasn't too bad. Is that bad? This was a little after lunchtime. Um, so had a giant plate of barbecue, walked down the street, ran into like, Austin is such an interesting mix because it's like that old sort of Texas sort of meat barbecue culture, obviously some south southwestern culture, but now they have like a big vegan vegetarian, yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of health food scene. So I I was walking down the street two blocks from this barbecue place, and I found this um, gluten free bakery, and I walked in, and it looked like a traditional Mexican restaurant, and it pretty much was a traditional Mexican restaurant, but this Mexican lady was like also baking. Um, donuts and like traditional Mexican baked goods as gluten-free and vegan, like from scratch every day. What the fuck? Seriously? Yeah. Oh my God. Dude, you're a donut. So So good. Was it? So good. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Oh man. Yeah. That's right up your alley. I was like, you know, straight off the plane, getting barbecue, 
hitting this gluten-free bakery. I went to this like amazing independent sneaker store called Nice Kicks that they have there that I've always wanted to go to. Hit that. Oh, went and checked ew. in my Airbnb. Uh, went to dinner with JG and all of his friends and Beerman and Jeff Keith and all those guys were there. Oh, killer! And uh, then we went to the premiere, saw the movie. Super good. You're gonna love it. It's Whoa, really, really well done. Nice. So I would be That's shocked. That's a good day. It, yeah, that was a really good day. It sounds it really awesome. Good day. <laughs> it sounds fucking great. The next day I got up and I went and got a uh, breakfast tacos. Man, breakfast tacos. So yeah. good. It's it's like a specific Austin thing. Like I it don't is. even like I was someplace oh, I was in LA. I was in Pasadena and we went out for breakfast and they had breakfast burritos and I was like, Do you have breakfast tacos? And they were like, No. Yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's like it's an Austin thing. Everywhere it, you go has breakfast tacos. Yep, Austin does, yeah. The, like me migas. Migas tacos. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So incredibly good. So I was like coming from Minnesota. Here I am like the next morning. I'm like sitting out in the sun eating breakfast tacos. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to go to like whatever. I'm just going to go to a theater. Because what happens is like the thing that kind of sucks about South by Southwest is that it's not just a film festival because it happens at the yeah. same time as the interactive and the music festival, like in order to get an all access pass, you have to pay like $1,600. Fuck you. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So I would gladly pay $250 for like an unlimited pass to like three days of film or 500 bucks for the whole film festival, whatever. I would gladly plunk down some money to just like go see a bunch of films. But like, because you're getting into all this like VR shit in the interactive world and all this stuff, they're charging you an arm and a leg. So the way it worked there was there were, like, five tiers of access before you could just, as, like, someone who doesn't have a pass, like, get a single ticket. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try. I'm here. I want to see more films. I'm just going to try. So I went, and I stood in line outside this um, theater, which was, like, an Alamo draft house sort of multiplex. Because all of the films were happening at these, like, Alamo draft house theaters, which right. was... Really cool. I don't know if you've ever been to one of those. But I they have. Serve, They're fucking they serve amazing. Really good food. Yeah. Really good food in the seats. Like the popcorn comes out like fresh popped in a metal bowl. Yep. Um, they have really good toppings and different shit you can get on it. I had like a uh, milkshake while during the second <laughs> showing of Jonathan's film. Yeah. And a bowl of popcorn. It was so good. That's rad. Yeah. Um, so I went and stood in line. I'm like in the single ticket line, and I'm thinking like there. Are, I looked at the schedule and there are two or three movies. Like I'm just going to go into anything I can get into. Sure. I'm, I'm in this line for like five minutes and this guy comes out and is like, does anyone want a single admission ticket to shotgun? And I'm, I'm the last person in this line. There's like maybe 15 people in the single admission ticket line ahead of me. They all look at each other. Everyone shakes their head. And I'm like, I'll go. Yeah. And I, and the guy's like, oh, really? You want, you, you want to go to shotgun? I was like, yeah. Um, and, I was like, it's a feature length film, right? He said, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll go. Yeah. So I paid f- 15 bucks. I went into this film. Um, it's a drama, full length drama. You wouldn't believe how many famous actors were in this film. No shit. Yeah. It had this guy who I'd only ever seen before in Shameless. Um, one second. Let me, I had his name here. Let me pull it up quick. Um, it had the, the blonde girl who's the lead in It Follows. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was in it. 
Nice. Um, and it had uh, Marissa Tomei. Oh my god! Gina Gershon, Micah Monroe is the name of the blonde girl from Okay. Follows. Okay. And uh, it had the guy who is um, uh, from the American version of Shameless, who plays the oldest brother. His 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 name is Jeremy Allen White. Oh yeah. He plays he plays uh, he is the male lead in the film, um, and it had like even more. Fame, like just kept on, there just kept on being all these actors that I'd seen really lots of times before it. So they had money, I guess. I mean, that's, if you got an Academy Award winner in your cast, you got fucking backing, right? You know, that's, yeah, I guess so. I guess. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know the film, but what, what was it? Anyway, what was it? Uh, I was like a. I wouldn't call it a romantic comedy. Maybe like a black romantic comedy. Hmm. Um, but it, it, I would, I would squarely say it's a drama it's about this couple almost like immediately into the film you find out that this guy has cancer like before like before they go on their first date he finds out that he has this like rare form of like bone cancer Mm -hmm. so and when the directors were talking afterwards they basically said we want to do a film every film you see about like cancer or a couple with like an illness like the movie ends with either the person dies or they don't die. And they're either happy or it's it's very sad and everyone cries and there's a funeral. And we wanted to do a film that was about what happens like when you go through a relationship where you're dealing with this illness and then what happens on the other side. Mm. Interesting. And like that that's the sort of emotional arc of the movie. Okay. Um, which was really interesting actually because I was watching it thinking like, oh man, like what are they going to do here? Like, this has been really good up until this point, but, like, how are they going to end this in a way that's not, like, something that I have never seen before? And it turned out just by making that not the ending. Right, right. Yeah. So it was I really good. I, I was really impressed with it. So then <laughs> I'm sitting in this shotgun film where I'm at the end of the film. The directors are talking. I get this text from Jeff Keith, and it says... Are you coming to the second showing of Social Animals? Like, we have you down for a ticket. And I was like, I didn't know I was down for Jonathan must have put my name in for both showings. Yeah. It turns out it was at the theater that I was at just by coincidence. Oh, get the fuck out of here. So Perfect. I walked out. Jeff, Jeff Keith is standing in the lobby. I get another <laughs> ticket, walk back in, sit next to JG. No. And watch... The, Did you really? the second showing of the film, yeah. Oh, killer! Which was fun. Which was fun to see it. And so, uh, the social animals really centers around three seventeen-year-olds and the story of their sort of involvement with social media. Um, this guy, who is a f- famous sort of Instagram influencer named Hamza Dees, was at both the first one I saw and the second one. But what was awesome is the second one. They had this girl from Ohio who is one of the other major characters in the film, and she actually showed up. Oh, that's cool. It was, aw- it was awesome to see her there and to like have her speak after the film. So it definitely was like, it was also great to see it again, because, of course, a second time when you sort of know what's happening, so you're not trying to piece the story together as much, you notice other things that you didn't see before. Yeah. So so that was awesome as well. It was real, and it, it was just as good the second time as it was the first time. It totally, you know, holds up to repeat showings, and I'm looking forward to showing it to everyone at the office as well. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, were, were you guys chopping it up during the during the movie? Was he was he talking? a little bit? Yeah, he he, he yeah he he was 
He was giving me a little director's commentary. Yeah, yeah. During the film. Nice. You know? That's killer. <laughs> That's awesome. Did he and he gave you a um did he give you a copy to show back at the office? Uh he hasn't given me one yet. No. Okay. So I, I they need to like see get if they're clear, sell it. I think, on what's happening or yeah. make sure that there aren't other showings, you know. He can't have, I think, Shit versions floating around. around. Yeah. I just I just want to link to stream it, you know? I'll just totally, stream it yeah. at the office. He also talked about maybe wanting to be there when we were showing it to the office. But Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah, it would be cool. Well, killer, man. Yeah, I was bummed I couldn't meet you guys. Um, that- yeah, I could have used you as a wingman there, man. <laughs> it's <laughs> like your kind of thing. I, you, you need someone there who can like talk their way into lots of shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also to like the huge plates of barbecue. It's always, it's better yeah. eating. Oh, for sure. The more people, the better. Oh, and tacos as well. Breakfast tacos. Yeah. All that shit. Yeah, that it was town, good. That town, I do, I do well there. Um, I drink a lot. I drink a lot of Lone Star. I drink a lot of Fireball. I drink mm-hmm. a lot of whiskey. Um, I eat constantly. Every time I leave Austin, I feel like... I don't know how I could never live there. I feel like I'd, I would. I feel like I'm about to fucking die every time I leave that town. <laughs> like I don't sleep. I'm fucking up right. drinking and out all night long. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. Uh, so after the second showing that night, they had a premiere party. Oh, fun! And they had. Um, so I went to that, and everyone was there. And at a certain point in the night, they they must have had a minimum to rent. It was like. They rented sort of this like speakeasy room at the back of this rooftop bar in in downtown Austin, and they must have had a minimum for the room because at some point it, the word started going around that they it, that we had to be out of there in like twenty five minutes, but there was fifteen hundred dollars left in the liquor bill. <laughs> so people started they started pulling down five or six hundred dollar bottles of whiskey, champagne. Oh. Beer men started fucking rolling out this like super crazy tequila yes. and making everyone drink that. So I had like this crazy tequila that Beerman pulled and then we were having this like amazing bourbon that's like six hundred dollars a bottle. Oh and yeah. Every everyone just got rocked. Oh killer. I mean, part of, part of it was like the mixing of the two kind, the like multiple kinds of alcohol, because then there was champagne oh, floating God. around too. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, gnarly! So, yeah, yeah, that makes I, that makes for a I rough did, morning. I, I did okay. As we were leaving the bar, I was like, I got to get up in the morning. You know, it's like eleven thirty. Jonathan Green was like, no, no, you're coming back to our place. Come on, come on, come on. So I went back to his house. They rented a killer house. Oh, I'm sure. It's this brand new modern place with like the third floor. It had this amazing view of downtown Austin. And man, it was killer. I I rented a place that someone built a studio apartment above a garage. Yep. It was perfect for me being like one person there. Yeah. You know, it worked out great for me, but their, their place was killer. But... I I left with a despite all the like South by Southwest douchery, I left with a very good impression of Austin, and thinking like that's a cool town, and I definitely need to go back. Oh yeah, I love that town. Um, I get a lot of people there. Um, and and I I I love it there. It's it's fucking hot all the time, which I love. It's because it's great beer drinking weather. Drink a lot of right. beer there. Um, and obviously the music is second to none you know i mean that's yeah. fucking 
Ground Zero. Um, so what else is going on, man? It's, we got fucking um, we got Easter coming. I was up. I saw the goddamn Easter Bunny today. Seriously? Up, yeah, up in the fucking. <laughs> um, we drove to. Uh, you know how they have like the uh, the farm as attraction sort of things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they got them out in 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 Minneapolis oh, way for sure, like all over the fucking sure. place with the yeah. apple picking and all that shit. They soak yeah. you, but. We drove up, um, it's up like up in like um, Thousand Oaks, you know what I mean? Like um, up that way, like um, Simi Valley. Um, it, yeah, I went up there and saw the goddamn Easter Bunny and the petting zoo. Have you ever heard? Beth was I was I was trying to take Jack to the petting zoo, like or they had like the petting fucking you know whatever the goats and the fucking like baby animals, yeah, yeah, all the shit, you know. And she's yeah. like, oh, she's like, no, 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 don't, don't let him near the thing. I'm like, this kid is a fucking, he's a city kid. He's never, he needs to see that there's four-legged fucking animals. More things than a bulldog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that he, Like, oh, look at that dog. And you're like, no, that's not a dog. It's actually a pig. It's fucking, it just <laughs> looks like your dog. <laughs> yeah, it's no fucking you've ever seen. You know what I mean? He's like, is that right. is that a horse? Yeah, yeah, it's a fucking horse. Like the poor kid. You know what I mean? Lives in the middle right. of a. He's always lived in the city. Um, yeah. But have you ever heard of like some like gnarly shit happening with kids at fucking petting zoos? Is this a thing? I don't, she, I don't know. She was talking like like she'd heard like like she, very foot vague. hand mouth it disease. Fucking, or yeah, something? That, exactly. Yeah, that type yeah. of shit. She was alluding no. to it. She was very. I, I think she's making the shit. She, she read it in People magazine or something. They've got like Purell and sanitizer and shit at yeah, exactly. and exits and all those things now. So fuck, she's talking about. Um, but yeah, we drove up there. And, you know, L.A. traffic. I'm a little cranky. I've been. I've been. I'm, I'm back on the wagon. Um, oh yeah. Well, if you're back in the wagon, I got a reco for you. Oh, do you? Have you have you tried this yet? Waterloo. Waterloo. It's my new jam. I have completely thrown LaCroix out the window. What was the one the last time you had one too? Was this was it it wasn't the same one, I wonder. It might have been this. It, Did I already talk about it? You may have I, I thought think I hadn't told you about this yet. No, no, you took well, I it, I I'll be honest with you, I don't remember what the brand was. Unless you've changed brands since we talked last. Because you were uh, you were know. ape shit over one last time. Yes. This must this, be this it. This is the one. Yeah, this is it. The flavor I mean, it says their tagline here on the can is legendary taste. Yeah. The flavor is so much better than any other water. Is that right? I mean, I know that you don't like, oh, go in necessarily for flavored water. I have trouble with it. Yeah. However, the grapefruit on this like destroys and, you know, like LaCroix banks on that pomplamoose flavor. The the mousse is, yeah. Destroys it. Destroys it. Wow. Bold. And they're, they're lime. They've got lime. Lemon, plain, black cherry, watermelon, grapefruit. Watermelon. They're smart. all they're all amazing. The watermelon is really good. Fuck. I'll have to try that out. You know, I had I bought a um I bought a, a grapefruit Perrier today, um, and I started drinking it. It tastes exactly like those fucking Zimas that I was hooked on. Remember I was telling you about oh, those fucking truly yeah, yeah. things that yeah. I was that I couldn't stop with those fucking things? Yeah. Well this last well, you know, I was on the wagon for, I don't know, a couple months, and then I went to Mexico, and that's, it's basically illegal to be on the wagon in Mexico. Right. Um, and then when I got back, I was, you know, 
I wasn't re- really very sure-footed, so I, I was back on the fucking Zimas, and um, and I bought that grapefruit Perrier. It tastes exactly like those, like truly, and I I couldn't drink it, and it made me angry because I couldn't. I'm I'm suffering through this terrible fucking taste, and I'm not even gonna catch a buzz off the fucking thing. So I'm trying to get I'm trying to get on the fucking weed still. That's that's dicey. It's hard. They, we're full. We're full tilt boogie here now. Um, really? Oh yeah. It's you know you just walk into the store and you're you're, you're good to go. Oh yeah. It's fucking. It's the future. Um, and they got this fucking thing. I have to tell anybody who lives in California or or not or whatever. If you're trying to figure out how to like. If you're old like me and you're scared of weed because it's so fucking strong now, and you like take a hit off of something and and you're tripping balls the next second, like that's why I, I don't smoke anything. You know what I mean? Cause I don't know what the fuck. I get right. so fucking high, and then you like uh, you just feel guilty. I just feel guilty. I'm like, oh, I'm a terrible father. I'm a terrible husband. I'm a poor citizen of the world. Whatever. You know what I mean? So they have this thing called dosist. D-O-S-I-S-T. Huh. It's a disposable... Actually, it's they're big on the recycling. It's a recyclable pen um, hmm. that they have, like, five different, um, com- like, uh, mixtures, and they, they name them by the effect, you know? So this one is for calm, this one is for sleep, this one is for you know, for thinking or whatever. I forget what they all are. Hmm. But it's, you take a hit off of it and it buzzes, it vibrates when you've had w- exactly one dose. And so you stop and then you see like what the, what happened, how stoned am I? And then you can take another hit off it and it vibrates and then you know, and you're like, oh, all right. So it's, like a, it's like a weed vape pen? It's a weed vape pen, exactly. But the you know which isn't new, but the the other weed vape pens you don't know, you hit it and then you're it's the same as hitting a right. joint because but it's even worse because you can't tell how much you're inhaling because it's so smooth and you get high as fuck. So anyway, this thing I I, I recommend it to anybody. Dosist D O S I S T. It um you can it's super clean and uh, it, you can like get just a little bit high or something. It's helping me a little bit. I still freak out on the fucking weed, though. It's not... It doesn't... It doesn't fucking work perfectly for me. It's... I've dosist, tried... Dosist, huh? Dosist, yeah. I'd, I, I recommend it highly. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good. So, my hot pick of the week... Yep. I, I don't... I texted this to you. I don't... And JG. I don't know if you guys are watching Oh, yet. yeah. Um... Flint Town? Yeah, you, no, I haven't yet. I haven't okay. yet. So it's a new Netflix documentary. It takes place post the water crisis, sort of in the aftermath of like, okay, like there was a tension on Flint, water crisis, fucking democratic debates, Bernie and Hillary had it out, like in Flint or whatever. And and this is about the sort of the aftermath. And it that focuses it. The story is told from the point of view of the police and what the police are trying to Interesting. do. Interesting. Really? So it's like the number three most violent city in the nation for decades, decades and decades oh, and yeah. decades. It's been in the top three. Oh, yeah. Which is saying something. Right. You know, south side of Chicago and Detroit and all that stuff. 
So, um, and what's amazing is when GM was like firing on all cylinders there, no pun intended. Um, oh my God, that's so bad. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, the income per household per capita was the highest in the world. Is that right? So it went from the highest sort of income per capita, uh, average income to what it is now. Like Holy a de- desolate post-apocalyptic wasteland, basically. Wow. And in this, this documentary, I have to tell you, this is not light viewing. You really? Know what I mean? Yeah. No shit. Like from bad to worse is like where this documentary goes. Oh dude. So, it, how, so is it, um, a series? It's a series. It's a series. It's a new Netflix documentary, Netflix original. Yeah. Um, it, I think it came out like about a month ago. Really? Um, yeah. Cause it popped up, popped up for me. Like Thursday was the first time I saw it. I immediately clicked on it, started watching it. Absolutely riveted. Yeah. That's one of the, Done by one of the producers of uh, True Detective season one. Uh, oh, the the visuals in it, the cinematography, amazing. Okay, really good storytelling, gorgeous documentary. Like makes, you know, as someone who grew up in the Midwest, you know, it like it captures that sort of Rust Belt Midwestern vibe, like the winter and the snow and all that stuff. Just does it really well. No shit. Okay, you know. And it's 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 weird to see something that's so aesthetically well crafted about like such incredibly dark subject matter, but I guess that's the thing now. Like everything is just it has to be well crafted. <coughs> yeah, the bar is so high. Um, There's no more like Brothers Keeper where you forgive no. these guys for shooting it on VHSC or whatever because it's such a good story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I, for, I, I won't say unfortunately, but I mean, it, you know, I, I enjoy it and. I revel in it. I love it. Um, but yeah, there's been a, a rebirth of production value. Um, and, um, you know, it, the, I think it's kind of started with, um, uh, making of a murderer. Um, right. Cause that was, um, that was, I mean, it was a little bit better. Like it, it was one step better than brother's keeper. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. cause they started with, they started that thing on their own before Netflix picked it up. Um, right. and Netflix, I'm sure went in and backed Flint town. Um, oh, probably. And yeah. I'm assuming now what, what, what's your, what about wild, wild country? Are, are you, have you fucked with that yet? No, but I saw, um, uh, oh Jesus. What a, why am I blanking on his name now? What are the two the Laplace, that, the Laplace yeah, the brothers, du, the Duplass brothers, Duplass? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I saw Mark Duplass uh, tweet about that 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 was now available to yeah. watch and that it won some shit at Sundance and yeah, it was a, it was selected. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't say how it performed at Sundance, but um, it's it's on Netflix now, um, and I'm. I'm, uh, you know, I'm watching it with Beth, so I can't, I can't fucking roll on it because she's okay. She's fucking lightweight, you know what I mean? She can only right. she she can hang for tell an, me about it. an episode, yeah. and you're like, come on, like 
let's can we fucking roll deep on this thing and go for three hours? No, right. she's asleep, and I gotta fucking stop, you know, <laughs> or go back and rewatch it, you know. Um, right. But that one, boy, I will tell you, is fucking unbelievable. It's a story that you can't believe it hasn't been told yet, and it comes in with production value that is so high. Um, I mean, it's so fucking high. They obviously shot it on an airy with crazy fucking lenses and it's the score it, the attention to score is it's unbelievable like it's so back up for a second what is the story what okay sorry the- um so in the late 60s there was a a highly influential um sort of guru named bhagwan um Got Bagwan, I, I forget his last name, but Bagwan was yeah. his name, and he had another name called Osho. And he had people rolling into Bombay by the tens of thousands. And they're all coming right. in, and he's just this guy who preaches, you know, he that all he's doing is awakening. He's not teaching anybody anything. He's like, I'm awake. All I want you to do is be awake. And he was different from so many other gurus in that he didn't shun physical um or material things so he'd talk about you know he's banging all kinds of chicks he's rolling in a fucking rolls royce he's got like all kinds of dough and he's got you know tens of thousands of people that are just uh, entranced by him so he's trying to build this bigger you know compound where he's trying to he, he wants to create a a city that is to be the test of how humanity actually could be something based on, you know, on uh, based on love, based on sharing, and not based on on you know greed and capitalism. Um, so they're basically looking for a place to build this town, and they find it in Oregon, in the hmm. middle of shit tooth Oregon, to be specific. Right, and that's the story. Um, and if you watch the trailer, dude, it is, you can't believe, like, the trailer is, you're like, holy fuck, how, how do we not know, and, I mean, I think you do know this story, as you see it, you're like, oh, I kind I remember there was something like this happening, so there's little pieces of it that, that remind you of things, but, um, it's, it's unbelievable, um, and, yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I'm as soon as we're done recording, I'm I'm headed straight to it. Unbelievable. Nice. So that that one, I, I'm sure many other people are watching it. I can't yeah can't recommend. You know what's that weird? Enough. What's weird is that there's a documentary that I heard about on Minnesota Public Radio here about someone who tried to do the same thing in Aitkin, Minnesota. No shit. Once again, the poorest part of Minnesota. So there's got to be something about choosing, I guess, because you can just buy up tons and tons of land. Yeah. And it's dirt cheap. But yeah, there's actually, like, were all these plans, and it was, um, like, supposed to be the city of the future. It was backed by, I want to say, like, Hubert Humphrey or someone like that, but then he didn't get elected president, so it all kind of, the funding for it all fell apart. Uh, but really? the, yeah, there's a guy who just made a documentary about that that was premiering here. I feel bad for that guy because now his whole documentary oh, going to be completely overshadowed. That's a drag. Oh, like, that's you can a only have 
have so many documentaries about people trying to build utopian cities out in the middle of nowhere. You really can, yeah, and the, and he probably doesn't have the distribution this fucking thing does. Oh, that's a, no, that's a I'm bummer. guessing not because I yeah. bet it's a killer fucking story. Well, I'll have to check it out. If you find it, send 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 it my yeah. way. I'd love to. I'd love to check it out. Um, the other thing, so I, um, I just I've been I've been rolling just Jack and I for um, ten days. Beth was on a long trip. And I started binging on, I was going two things. Um, I didn't get that deep into it, but Altered Carbon yeah, um, is fucking so strong. <laughs> that shit is so fucking yeah. good. I'm dying to hear your, your take on it because that's, I mean, that's your fucking wheelhouse. Yeah. I've been watching that and um, Hitler's Bodyguard. Which is like the okay. the World War Two shit on Netflix, the colorized World War Two like documentaries are unbelievable. They're fucking amazing. I I can't believe how good they are. So yeah. I I can't stop with with those. Um, t- talk to me. Well, talk to me about Altered Carbon for a minute. It's a good thing you're back on the wagon because you obviously don't remember that I talked about Altered Carbon last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think all right to be honest I think I I think I rem- I either remember you texting me about it or bringing it up. I knew that you were yeah. I knew that did you you didn't go that far into it though, did you? I talked about it for like 5 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, fucking nice. Yeah. Good one. So, good thing I'm um, on the wagon. So, the original book is written by one of my favorite sci-fi authors, this British author named Richard K. Morgan. Really good. The original book is really, really good. But the original book is much more stripped down. Like, they've actually added a whole bunch of stuff in. Like, they definitely took the meat and based the large parts of the story on it. But a lot of the stuff, especially a lot of the backstory sort of stuff, is added in for additional texture. The stuff with the... Uh, female police officer and some of the... There's, like, more characters sort of added in to kind of pad it and turn it into a series. Because usually the problem is you're t- taking a book and you're trying to, like, how can I possibly do an entire novel in two hours? But in this case, they're taking a book and turning it into a series. Right. So they've ha- they had to take the world of Altered Carbon and sort of extend it out a little bit. Um, however, that being said... I think that they added some really amazing stuff. I love, love, love the the Poe, the hotel AI character. So cool. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Like that whole thing, I really, really love. I, I love how it's beat. Like they like no everybody there is like, oh God, you're staying in that fucking place? You right. know? Like it, they're like you can't, you can't do that because the hotel AI becomes obsessed with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was good. I think I I love the the premise of it in the world in general, the idea that like race and even gender like are a little more fluid because people are, you know, tra- transferring their consciousness from sleeve to sleeve to sleeve. What they don't go into quite as much that they touch on a little bit in the book is there are some sleeves that are sort of like physically augmented, so like you can jack into like a combat sleeve as opposed to you know, so uh, him as this like badass. He they had access to like these sleeves that were amazing. You know, that had all these like tactical and sort of physical enhancements for combat. And they sort of don't 
do that. They kind of pivot away from that a little bit. So what's really interesting about um, uh, the novels is, so uh, Alter Carbon is the first one. Um, this, there's a second one that's really, really different. Like you're kind of like, like sort of almost like snaps your neck. It's so different. You're like, what? Like, what is this? And then the third one is kind of a return to form and gets a little more into the, like the sort of revolutionary vibe of in the, the sort of counter sort of um, insurgent vibe of the sort of some of the flashback stuff. But um, yeah, really good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm curious to see if they'll do something more with it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. If it's popular, but it might be a one and done. How much fucking money are they spending on that thing? Oh my god! I mean, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's like movie level special effects. It's and fucking, action scenes. It's ins- the action scenes are crazy. It's crazy. I, I, I mean, the money is just fucking insane. And you gotta. I mean, how do you? How does a guy get a piece of that, man? I gotta <laughs> figure that out, man. That, I mean, they got. It's like it's just fucking raining over here. You yeah, know? that's right. You just need a script and an idea. I know. That, that's why I'm like very hopeful for JG, yeah. you know, and social animals because they're like everyone's so hungry for content. All of a sudden, there's so many more buyers at the table. Yeah. Oh, you I know? know it. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed for him for sure. Um, l- let me switch gears. Um, selfishly, practically, I need some advice. Um, yeah. I have been. Rocking the pit barrel cooker, yes, pretty hard. Okay. Um, in the last couple, I've had I'm having a, a little bit of trouble. Um, okay. So I did last time, last couple time, last two times I have been okay. Um, I did ribs. Um, I got some some fabulous advice from. Um, Petrillo. The person who makes the best ribs I've ever had in America is Peter Petrullo. Yeah, he's real good at ribs. He makes the best ribs I've ever had in my life, honestly. Yeah. The best ribs, I mean, I've ever fucking had. Unbelievable. Um, so he, he, was, he was giving me some tips, and, I, and pretty much all I did was I, um, I wrapped them, like after I got them... Um, you know, 90% there, I wrapped them. Or, you know, 60, 70% there, wrapped them in foil, and then threw them back in. Um, yep. And that was a great move. Oh, and let me tell you what I did. So um, so I did St. Louis. Um, mm-hmm. I did, and I, I got them at Costco. So you get three fucking, like, like oh my God. it's insane. It's obscene. It's obscene. It's insane. And, yeah. I feel like I and when you open the, that huge pack, you're like, oh god! Like uh, you're like you feel like you're on the Sopranos. Like I'm fucking right. pulling apart a body. It's yeah. fucking or, yeah. It's like you're in a slaughterhouse. Yeah. Oh my god. So you gotta you gotta you know work through that. Um, but here's what I did when I was done. Um, they they were so good. They came, they came out so great. Um, so luckily I had a bunch of people and they were, you know, we were able to get through them all and I had one, except for one rack, I had one rack left 
and um, stuck them in the fridge. And they were there for, you know, they were in the fridge there for like three, four, five, six days. And I was like, all right, this is, I got to sort these things out. So I, ba- I basically ate the rack of ribs. I ate them. And then, <laughs> and then I had, and I ate them cold. Um, so there was still a lot of meat on, um, you know, on the bone. So, um, right. so it's like, all right, fuck it. You know what? Um, into the pot, water, made a, um, made a pork stock. Then I had a bunch, nice. I've had a bunch of chicken carcasses and did a chicken stock. And then, um, I got a great Japanese market right down the street and, right. um, did a miso broth. And, and so I made a ramen. Wow. First time I've ever done it. And it was good. I have. Wow. I was. Sh- I could. I was Look like. At you. I know, Fucking dude. Fancy pants. I know. I mean, no. You know, <laughs> the nobody. smoked pork must have been made a good broth. It was. I was afraid it was going to be like way too smoky and it was going to overpower everything. But the, the the beauty of it is you have three different broths. So so you've got you know it takes up you know it's a lot of work. So you've got the three broths and you're mixing them in your one your one ramen broth pot, you know what I mean? So you're tasting yeah. as you go, and you're like, oh, I, I need a little bit more of the miso, I need more of the chicken, or I need more of the... the... And this yeah. is by no means a traditional fucking ramen, you know what I mean? Somebody would take a shit on it, I'm sure, but they can go fuck themselves. You go try making fucking ramen. It's it's hard. And, yeah. um, and this was fucking delicious, man. I mean, it was... I bet. It was awesome. But back to my original question, um... I'm going to do, I got a bunch of people coming over tomorrow, I'm going to do uh, pulled pork. So, okay. went back to Costco today and bought, like, another fucking human leg of... Oh, my God. <laughs> the pork shoulders of that place. <laughs> Come it's on. insane. Come on. I mean, the, thi- the thing is, though, it's, every time I think about going someplace else, it's so much, it's, you pay way more money for way less, and it's not even as good, a lot of times. It's the truth. I know. I know. And that's why I'm, I went. I was like, fuck it, I'll just go. So I've got a whole, it's like the size of my thigh in the fucking fridge of two pork shoulders. Um, and I'm scared because the last time I went heavy in the pit barrel where I went like, um, I think I hung like two or three tri-tips. I had two racks of ribs. I had a couple chickens. I had, I had it, I didn't. I didn't feel like I was, I mean, I feel like I'd seen in, in videos people doing that much, but I, so I'm basically, I've, I've got two, um, seven pound pork shoulders. Okay. So, I mean, it's what they, it's how they sell it. You can't, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. can I get a pork shoulder? Nope. You can get two though. Um, all right. right. So, um, I've been... I, I, the, the heat has been, has been, I've found that, and and this might be the problem. So I, I tried to like work backwards and see where I went wrong. This one time where I pulled, so, I, I thought I was there on something. I thought it was done and I pulled something out of there and I left the top off for probably Ooh. 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, and then I tried to go back in with it. Will that, will that fuck yeah. me? That yeah, be, yeah, because there's so much airflow. All of a sudden, all that charcoal starts burning super hot. 
So even that short a time. Yeah, you don't want to leave the... Unless you're trying to burn all the charcoal out so it just goes out and goes to dust, you do not want to leave the lid off like that. All right, well, that's, I guess, the fucking answer. I just guess I needed to talk it through. I just That's it. Don't leave yeah. the fucking top off. Obviously, I mean, they had got it yeah. so finely tuned to the point where they tell you to even, like, put I mean, the, that's true of any smoker. You know, if you all of a sudden introduce no, it's a true. thousand times more airflow or <laughs> 10,000 times more airflow. Yeah, right. You know, you're talking about tiny little holes, and all of a sudden you leave... The like a the sixteen inch diameter hole in the top off. Yeah, what you know? the fuck? Jesus Christ! How do I? Get, it's crazy how you can be so, so smart here, and so stupid at the same time. He, here's the good news, though. Um, pork shoulders are incredibly forgiving. You know, so like the only thing they you are. can do is not cook it past two hundred degrees, so it's not like fall apart. You know, so just. You know, hit them with a little olive oil, put your rub on it, hang those things at like 160, wrap them up, put them on the grate. Okay. Just let them go. Let them go till like when you open up that foil, the whole thing just kind of falls apart. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've done pork shoulders. I mean, I've done them a hundred times, but I've just never done them in the pit barrel. Um, you know, I've always braised them. Yep. I've done them in a smoker. Um but I can't, I mean, the, the pit barrel is just fucking, it's, that thing is fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Pork shoulders are one of my absolute favorite things to do in there. Oh, really? Pork shoulders and flank steaks are like my two. Yeah. I did the flank steak after you, after you recommended it. Yeah. Oh, what do you, you think? You were right, man. <laughs> you were so right. Yeah. It's really I great. Mean, it, I would yeah. never have guessed it would be good on there. Yeah. Cause it's so you good can, on a regular grill. Yeah. Yeah. You can feed an army. With that thing and Costco flank steaks. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, I've literally, literally fed a, like, anniversary dinner of Nicole's, like, extended family. Yeah. Just just <laughs> with a pit barrel and a bunch of sides. Other people brought a bunch of sides. I did, like, seven flank steaks. We just chopped them up, put them out. People were, like, dying for it, too. Yeah. You know, everyone kept up coming up and talking to me about the pit barrel and asking where they could get it and all that stuff. So yeah, I've sold um, I've sold three of them since I've had mine. Nice. Yeah. Um, I can't. Yeah, that's right. Spread the gospel. Oh, dude, it, you're you're. It makes you a fucking. It, it, you're a jukebox hero yeah. with this fucking thing. Right. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And you can, you can. It is. It's the fucking loaves and the fishes with this fucking thing. You yeah. just cram it full of shit, and then fucking, you know, four hours later, right. boom. Hell yeah. You know? You got a feast. There you go, people. Feast for a king. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't, I can't get enough people in the fucking house to eat it. I've got, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? What am I going to do? I got 14 pounds of fucking of, of yeah. pulled pork. Have I told you about the, the recipe that I've been making for Helen, her new favorite thing? No. With the pulled pork? All right, so you get your pulled pork. Here's what you do. Put down like a layer of really good tortilla chips. Yeah. Put your pulled pork on top. Yep. Do uh, two sunny side up eggs. Layer it over the pork, and then like a green salsa, like or like an avocado crema or something oh. over the top of that. Oh my god. Oh, you yeah. are styling. That styling, is, my friend. You can't lose there. And then the other thing I've been doing is you take the the pulled pork and you do a pork fried rice oh. on like a sundae. Oh yeah, yeah. There so, you go. 
So what I do is I make like a a pork shoulder on Saturday. We'll, you'll eat it as like pulled pork barbecue, and then I make those other uh, the breakfast the next morning, and then at dinner time or something or dinner the next night I make use the pulled pork to make the pork fried rice. Oh my god, so good! Oh. Once again with the at the egg. Egg. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You talk about Portuguese. But, Put a fucking egg yeah, on anything. Of course. Yeah, Any that's right. Any fucking thing. More, the more protein, the better. Oh, yeah, man. I'm back on the no no carbs. Nice. Yeah. But I still feed uh, yeah. the rest of the family, obviously, carbs. So, you know what I'm, uh, what I'm doing? What? Uh, I'll be, it'll be two weeks this coming Tuesday. Uh, I'm doing something called time-restricted eating. Yes. I'm big. Do you know about this? Oh, I'm a big, big, yeah. huge believer in it. So I'm on a 10 to 7 Oh, schedule. nice. Yeah. There's this guy. Have you read the stuff the, or seen any of the videos with uh, Sachin Panda, Dr. Sachin Panda out of the Sock Institute? No. Up by you? No. Yeah. He's the guy who's really, he's done a whole bunch of laboratory research, both with um, mice and then with human beings about um, time-restricted eating and how that fasting window, how, how much it helps. You know, that 16, 14 to 16 hours, at least 12 hours. Panda? You know, of Dr. Sachin Panda, yeah. Because that's uh, send you, Panda, yeah. I can Sachin. send you some links or something. Yeah, but. no, I'll, I'll look, I'll yeah. check that out. Yeah, because I'd love to hear, hear some science behind it, because it's pretty much just my brother telling me, you right. know. Um, and he's, my brother's got shit dialed, you know what I mean? He's in a, yeah. amazing shape. Um, and... It's, so has he been doing intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating? Oh. Because time-restricted a... eating is a variation on intermittent fasting. Oh. All right. Well, I guess because we always refer to it as intermittent fasting. He's like, he's like, he's like, listen, go. His advice to me, you know, and he's obviously a lot like me, just kind of a fuck up. Like, he's like, all right, just go in the morning. He's like, go as long as you can without eating. He's like, eat, yep. eat it like, you know, eat it like 12 or one or something. And then don't eat after five o'clock. And then, yeah. So, so that's definitely, and are you, you're just eating two meals in there? Two meals. Yeah. Yeah. So that's intermittent fasting. Yeah. Okay. So with time restricted eating, I think it's a, a much, uh, less aggressive probably, but in, for me and probably for most people, like more sustainable. So they're not saying like, what to eat they're just saying eat all of your calories and just by the nature of it being time restricted you're you're going to end up eating less calories anyways but they're not saying like you know just eat eat what you're going to eat our their research shows just the nature of you eating in that window and doing it during the day there's something about it being like while it's daylight as well like we've adapted to be um you know diurnal or non-nocturnal, whatever the opposite of nocturnal. I think diurnal means you eat in the at like sunset and daybreak or something like that. But um, you know, so anyways, check out his research. There's a whole bunch of science behind it. I just find it to be super easy. It's just like it's not it's not a hardship for me to uh, even when I go do like a CrossFit workout in the morning. Ironically, it's actually easier on the mornings when I do the CrossFit workout, just because I think my body's still in rec- recovery, so it's dealing with that, and it's not quite, you know, it's not just dealing with like, okay, it's time for calories or whatever. Yeah. So right. start at ten, go to seven. We usually have family dinner at six every night, anyway, so it doesn't like mess anything up with my our family schedule or any of that stuff, and just it keeps you from just makes you first a little more conscious about like 
and sort of present about what you're eating, but also it just prevents you from like having a bowl of cereal at 10 while you're watching Netflix or, you know, doing whatever, pulling out the ice cream or doing any of that shit. Totally. Yeah, for sure. You know, what, you know, what I do is I find my, I brush my teeth way more often to keep myself from eating. So that's what my brother, he's like, he's like, just start. He's like, brush your teeth at, at five o'clock. He's like, because then you don't want to, you don't want to eat something right after you brush your teeth. Yeah. He's like, and then the next time you get hungry, you know what I do is I drink, uh, I drink a, uh, I'll drink a, a glass of uh, psyllium husks. Because hmm. those make you, feel, you get, they make you bloated. You know what I mean? And that's also, hmm. you know, psyllium husks are, you know what they do. That's rumble in the jungle. That'll, right. you know what I mean? That's, <laughs> that, that will clear things yeah. out. Um, but it makes you so full. And then, you know, and then you just suffer until you go to bed. Yeah. I don't even find it, honestly, like that. I mean, so there are, Maybe a couple nights I've been like, I'm kind of hungry or whatever, but you feel so much better when you wake up in the morning. You feel honestly. way better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that coffee helps me in the morning. I think I had mentioned that before. Right. That that butter yeah. coffee. Right. I whip the up, bulletproof coffee. Yeah. I, I whip up yeah. that butter in the, in the MCT oil. Yeah. So according to what I've been reading, that shit is knocking you out of your fast. Interesting. Oh, I bet it is. I never yeah. fuck. Of course it is. It's cat. It's butter. Yeah. It's fat. Yeah. I'm eating at fucking nine a.m. Cocksucker. Right. There you fucking go. Always something. <laughs> always fucking yourself somehow. Right. Yep. Oh, f- motherfucker. Now I can't even fucking do that. I mean, you could have coffee. You just can't have the coffee with, with the butter other shit in, it. in it. Yeah. Or MCT oil. Drink that later. Yeah. Yeah, have that as like a something later in the day. Maybe that's what I off your Oh, maybe that's what I drink at five o'clock. Drink that. Oh, it'll keep me up all fucking night or something. Drink that at three. I don't know. I'll figure it out because I love it. It's really good. Right. That's cool. Hey, so um, last night I was wanting to watch a movie. So every once in a while, like there's a a site um, that does the best TV shows and best movies on Netflix right now. So if you Google like best movies netflix march 2018 like this site will almost certainly come up um and i saw that um patterson the jim jarmusch film yeah uh, was was on actually i think it was on amazon prime it was on amazon prime it's free on amazon prime right now if you have a prime account, is it really so yeah so i watched that have you seen i it? haven't seen it yet no so it's got adam driver and he's a bus driver in Patterson, sort of, and an aspiring poet. Right. So for those that for those that don't know and didn't go get an MFA in poetics like I did, um, Patterson. There's a lot of famous people from Patterson, but one of them is this really famous poet. Um, if that is if there is such a thing in America <laughs> as a famous poet anymore, um, named William Carlos Williams, um, and Allen Ginsberg actually also briefly li- either lived in or was from Patterson. Um, but so Adam Driver, it follows his life for a week, sort of as he's driving That's this right. bus yes. and sort of. Um, and what's amazing is one of my favorite like poets from when I first started liking poetry. This guy named Ron Paget, um, who is from the the kind of second wave of the New York school of poets, um, wrote all of the poetry for it. 
So really? you see sort of Adam Driver, he'll like, you'll hear him kind of working through the first three or four lines. So the poems kind of slowly reveal themselves over like multiple scenes and oh, really well done. My God. I just thought it was an amazing film, actually. Really? I really loved it. Oh, God damn it. You know what? I'm, I'm, watching, that. I'm watching that tomorrow. Um, I love, I've just been on a kick with him. Recently, um, Mubi has had, um, I think that's why I was doing it. Mubi just did a Jim Jarmusch um, sort of stint. You know, they'll they'll pick, like, they'll do, like, you know, four films from this director or something. And and I just did a bunch, like, rewatched a bunch of Jarmusch films and forgot how much I love them, you know. Um, and I forgot about that. That one, I mean, that's only about uh, two years old, year or two old. Right, right, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I remember when it came, when it came out. I just assumed that it was a William Carlos Williams like biopic. That's what I thought too. But no, it's not. It's something entirely different. It's really good. I thought, and uh, yeah, I, this whole time I've thought that it was a William Carlos Williams biopic. All right, cool. I mean, it, William Carlos Williams definitely like plays into the, the sort of the story and the theme. Of the, right. of the film, like he's brought up numerous times, but it's also like, if you like Jim Jarmusch, it's like such a Jim Jarmusch film at the same time too. It's got like the quirky characters. There's even like a kind of quirky Japanese guy that he has an interaction with at one point, which is like such a Jim Jarmusch thing. Oh yeah. You know, oh for anyone yeah. Who knows? Totally. Yeah. 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 That's signature. M- music is a big part of it. And just like these weird scenes and very unique interactions between people it's really a really beautiful film i was like um sort of brought me back to like being an undergrad and like first discovering like those jim jarmusch and those sorts of films and like watching down by law like to me i would put it you know right there with like the, some of his best films all right killer awesome good tip uh, I'll watch that one tomorrow. Um, I'll, I'll I'll give you. I'll end with a movie pick too. Um, nothing new by any means. This is an old, a movie that I've seen a hundred times, but I don't think I've ever talked about it. Um, Heartworn Highways. Um, I've never heard of this. Um, it's it's the um, it's like the film. Um, if you were to pick any film about roots. Um, and country music in America, it, it would be hmm. Heartworn Highway. So it's, um, it's got tons. It's you know loads of Towns Van Zant, um, Jerry Jeff Walker, Guy Clark, um, a very young Steve Earle, um, hmm. and it's it, it jumps. It kind of jumps around a lot, but it jumps from it'll jump from somebody like. You know, like towns, and it and it, t- and it takes footage from. I don't know if you've ever seen um, "Be Here to Love Me." Um, no, which is uh. the it's the Towns Van Zant biopic. Um, th- um, it uses footage from that, so it'll jump from a guy like Towns Van Zant, and then it'll jump to David Allen Coe, who you know is just a completely different character in living in that same world of country music, you know, um, in America at that time. But heartworn highways is, uh, that's a must see. Um, Hmm. if you're a fan at all of American country music and roots, that's a, it's so great. 
Yeah. I I don't know that I'd describe myself as a fan, but I definitely have respect for it and would love to learn more about it. So that sounds like a good pick for sure. It would, yeah. For you, like, I, I know you well enough. Like, that's that music isn't really um, high on the list for your... That's not... I know it's not really in your taste, but, but I, knowing that you just have an appetite for, like... I, I, that's a really good entry point. Like if that, that's a great film um, that just, and it's such a, um, a snapshot of time. You know what I mean? Like mid seventies America, you just see so much stuff. It's nice to just see America at a different time than it is right now. You know? Right. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yeah, man. Cool. Well, it was good to, chat very good to talk good, to you good good to reconnect yeah and I, I still have a whole list of stuff that i'll say for a next episode i got a whole list stuff to talk about let's do another so, one soon awesome yeah that sounds good well thank you everyone as always for listening we're almost 60 deep here so next next one will be our 60th we'll do something i'll figure out something special we can do for that oh, that sounds like fun yeah and uh as always thank you to kaya fisher for the audio engineering assistance mm-hmm. 